Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into a Thursday episode of the Baseball Insiders. Thanks for rolling with us. I am Adam Weiner, your host, as always. And today in our MLB Insider, Robert Murray's place, holding down the fort is another member of the bet-sided team uh, and uh, an affable gentleman and someone who enjoys Moosehead on tap. Uh, I've had it once. I didn't dislike it. Ian McMillan. Ian, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, Moosehead, one of the great Canadian beers out there, if anyone has a chance to try Moosehead. But uh, yeah, going from Robert Murray, a very intelligent smart baseball guy to just a, a top 10 idiot on planet earth who just likes to gamble on baseball quite the difference but i'll do my best uh to fill in his shoes here for this show i know you will you do every time i watch you and uh obviously you, you have a lot on your plate today with march madness um and so uh i will do my best to not keep you on this stream for too long because uh, I know my eyes are darting. Did you have Furman over Virginia, by the way? It felt too obvious, and so I didn't want it. But did you have that? I took Furman plus the points in terms of a bet. My bracket, though, I had uh, Virginia advancing. So it looked like it was going to be the perfect result for me. Um, but, I mean, I'll take it. That was an electric ending. At the end of the day, I just want some excitement. I had I had Virginia advancing and losing to Charleston. So like an idiot, mm. I was like, well, they'll lose to a double digit seed, but I picked the wrong one because uh, mm. I don't do that for a living. Yes. Well, it's 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 tough. <laughs> it's tough out there. I thought maybe I was going to be uh, the one person uh, to complete a perfect bracket this year, but uh, it turns out uh, that dream came crashing down pretty quickly. So uh, <laughs> no one in 10 billion chance for me this year, maybe next year. No, Warren Buffett had the big check. He was ready to ring your doorbell, and then yeah. unfortunately had to shuffle away. Yeah, I thought this was the year. Oh, well. I kind of thought it was too. Well, uh, Sadly, before we get into this and the events of last night, the World Baseball Classic, and a couple of futures to hit on, uh, I, I also just want to ask, I, I want to talk Moosehead more. I, I moved on from Moosehead too quickly. Have you been to the Canuck Bar in New York yes. City? I went and watched the Blue Jays lose in the wild card round uh, at the connect at the Canuck Bar. Uh, lots of Canadians there. Lots of heartbreak there that day. That place is unbelievable, and I don't know. You will know, and I don't. That's where I had my moose head. But there's also some sort of like spiced Canadian beer there that's like a 10 ABV, uh, and whatever that is ruined my evening. Mm. I, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. I usually try to stay away from those or else it'll ruin my evening as well. Uh, when I was there, I did I did, did drink uh, quite a few mooseheads, though. I do like moosehead. The, the pride of New Brunswick, Canada. <laughs> well, that's a spot for everybody in New York to check out. Uh, let's talk World Baseball Classic while we're on the Canadian trajectory. Uh, USA versus Canada. Uh, Team USA uh, beat Canada pretty handily. Um, and then also eventually advanced uh, yesterday uh, by beating, by sneaking past Columbia. And, and good job to Team USA. But manager Mark DeRosa is, is not really a manager. It is not somebody who has been handed the managerial reins before. This is his first gig. Kind of a surprising manager pick for Team USA. And got a little bit of backlash in that Team Canada game for the way he handled the bullpen. Uh, he put himself in a risky position that he did not have to. 
There are so many pitcher usage rules that you want to keep as many pitchers active and healthy and usable in the next game as you possibly can. He did not do that. In the blowout victory over Canada, he warmed up Miles Michaelis, a starting pitcher midway through the game, and a fan in the stands chronicled how this went down. The bullpen phone called, got him hot early in the game. He sat down, told the people around him he wouldn't be pitching. Then the phone rang again around the sixth. Reliever Daniel Bard and the bullpen coach laughed at DeRosa calling the pen. Michaelis had already sat down, said he wasn't going to come in, had to get hot again. That is the type of injury risk we cannot afford. So you're watching the Canada game from a different perspective. I'm watching because I'm worried about Mark DeRosa's managerial skills moving forward. What were your takeaways from watching USA Canada, Canada's run in general? um, And how do you sort of handicap the USA part of this tournament moving forward? Yeah, I had I didn't to be honest watch a whole lot of this. When when I tuned in was when Canada had a chance to advance because they had to play Mexico there yesterday. Uh, what time was the USA Canada game on? I feel like I slept through. Was it late? You did because for some reason they put the USA on every night at 10 p.m. And I dedicated myself to watching the Columbia game last night because it was a one run affair. But 1:15 a.m. is no time to be going to bed in a no. three two game on a on a Wednesday. Yeah, especially with international baseball and in, in, in terms of, of what I'm looking to spend my midnight doing March Madness week. Um, but yeah, I woke up. I saw the Canada just got destroyed by U.S., but we still had a chance to advance. So I w- did watch the game yesterday against Mexico because uh, if they won, they would have advanced. But uh, I think it was 3-2. They hung in there, bottom the sixth. Randy, a Rosarina, is that who it was for Mexico? Just just with one swing, swing of his bat, just stabbed the entire country of Canada in the heart. Uh, I didn't have much faith in Canada in that game, to be honest. We are not a baseball country. I've never looked at Canada as being a baseball country. Uh, but then they gave me just enough hope for uh, my heart to, to get completely ripped out. So showed out Randy Rosarina. But my big takeaway, and this is kind of what happened to uh, Freddie Freeman for Canada, uh, although thankfully it wasn't, uh, doesn't seem to be a very serious injury, but obviously with Edwin Diaz last night, uh, is injuries. I just feel like this and I'm interested to hear your take on it. I feel like this is the worst time to do this tournament. Like, wouldn't you rather do it like December, January, not right before the season. If these guys get any type of serious injury or even a minor injury, they might miss the first week, the first couple of weeks, or in the case of Edwin Diaz, I guess in that case, it wouldn't matter when this tournament would happen. looks like he might be out for the entire year. So just when it comes to injuries, uh, this doesn't seem like a good time to do the tournament, especially like when you said Mark, there's a man, like Mark DeRose's managing guys and uh, warming up Miles Michaelis to go out there and potentially get hurt. So I, I don't get that part of the tournament. Is, is, there, is there a reason why it's happening right now? Yeah, and I, I think that's what leads me to worry about DeRosa too. Because I mean, not only does he have to lock horns in his first ever managerial job and try to outmaneuver Team Japan and all these master tacticians, But the injury risk is very real. Like Freddie Freeman got injured on a freak play. Edwin Diaz got injured on the definition of a freak play. Um, And so you you work yourself into a a whirlpool there, sort of saying like, he could have gotten injured anywhere. Yeah, but where else would he be celebrating? Valid point. But he could have tripped down the stairs. How do you prevent all this? Either way, the environment is risky enough that you're going to want to prevent anything that you can prevent. So when you have a manager who doesn't have the touch, dealing with a pitching staff and putting undue stress on these players' arms, even if there are rules in place to limit the amount of pitches they're able to throw, you still wind up with a situation where Miles Michaelis, a starter, 
gets hot in the middle of the fourth inning and then again in the sixth inning of a blowout win he's la- people are laughing at him as he jogs in for the bullpen because they know this could go one of two ways and you're right I, I think a lot of people um you know let's go into the Edwin Diaz of it all uh but it's bringing up larger conversations like you mentioned why now why mid-march why this really condensed sprint it's only it's a less than two week tournament it's like march 9th to march 21st i have seen it thrown out people are saying you know what what if you know we only do this every couple years anyway what if we remove the all-star game one year and turn Mm -hmm. the all-star break into an 11 day break like i believe the nhl used to do this for for the olympics right they would sort of do a long extended break in the middle of the year to send the top talent out there how do you feel about that? Because I honestly, I love the All-Star game, but I'm not opposed. I do. I love that idea. Why not? You could even do the the home run derby. You could do that, uh, except it's the international version. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. But then again, of course, you got teams who are going to be gearing up for the playoffs who aren't going to want to send, send their star pitchers to go waste their arm uh, at, at, in a full 11-day tournament either. So, yeah. Um, you have that side of it. So, but I do in, in just in theory, I kind of like that idea, but you're right. Hockey does the same thing with the Olympics. They, they stop right in the middle of the season, but I feel like injuries aren't as don't happen as often in hockey as in baseball. Cause there's just so many weird things that can happen to your arm, especially with pitchers. So yeah. Yeah. Like it's it. tough. It's tough. Cause the overuse, I mean, theoretically a pitcher's arm in the middle of the season is going to be more used to the rhythm than it right. would be right now. But you, you just never know because it could snap. You know, anybody could snap at a moment's notice. That's why you don't bet on pitching so much. Um, and I, I think I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Max Scherzer talked about that. And that's why he didn't compete, I, I believe, right? Because he said he, he like his arms is not ready to throw in these types of situations. And he's just asking for an injury at this point if he goes and competes in it. Yeah, ironically, it feels like it's all of the other Mets other than Edwin Diaz who sort of have that reasoned take. Mm-hmm. Like Scherzer did say that. Brandon Nimmo, a lot of people were circulating yesterday saying, you know, clown on me if you want. But for me, at this point in my career, I want to win a World Series. I don't want to win the World Baseball Classic. And Diaz's horrible injury yesterday, we learned today, he is out for the year. It's it's a torn patellar tendon. It's like eight months best case scenario. Uh, it changes everything for the New York Mets. You can say, uh, you can plug and play a closer. I mean, you can always figure out somebody else to get a save. I mean, the Mets are a great team. They're going to be leading in the ninth. David Robertson can go vulture some saves, etc. But Edwin Diaz is in his first year of a massive contract. He's also the identity of the New York Mets. The trumpet celebration, every yeah. all that pomp and circumstance. And he's out for the year because he is leaping in a big old celebratory pile at the end of Puerto Rico, knocking off Dominican Republic last night. And he ends up a couple of seconds later, you don't get a clear view on the broadcast, but suddenly he's in a wheelchair and everyone's in tears. I mean, this affects everything. This affects the NL East. This affects fantasy baseball, the trickle down. And this certainly affects the Mets title chances. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that I don't, I did not expect an injury quite this impactful from world baseball classic competition. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I've kind of adopted uh, the Mets as my National League team now that I'm living in New York. Uh, now I'm disappointed I'm not going to see the trumpets. I mean, call the trumpets for what it is. It is kind of corny, but it's kind of electric when you're there at the stadium and he comes out and the trumpets start playing. Uh, not going to see that at all this season. Uh, yeah, are, are the Mets cursed would be my next question. As a franchise, I know a thing or two about cursed franchises. I think maybe I, 
I certainly didn't help the Mets curse by starting to cheer for them. They feel like a cursed franchise. This kind of thing only happens to cursed franchises. This is the most cursed injury I've ever seen. And I know that's not fair, but it, it, it leads to this. It's funny because it feels like it should be a separate discourse, right? You and I are going back and forth saying, how do we best prevent arm injuries? And it's totally fair to want to say, can we move this earlier, later? What do we do with the World Baseball Classic? You know, it's not the Olympics yet. A lot of people are saying that, but it, maybe it could be down the line. The goal is for it to feel like baseball's version, baseball's celebration of the Olympics. So there's that. There's the wear and tear issue. There's what do we do with these bodies? But then this is a complete freak injury. Um, it's easy to tie it to the World Baseball Classic. That's where it happened. It's, it's, it's also easy to say he wouldn't be celebrating in this fashion at Mets spring training camp. When else would this have occurred? But at the same time, it's very difficult to tie this to a specific moment in time. It's just a cursed type of injury. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a cursed injury. There's no nothing else to say about it. There's a cursed injury. I feel for the Mets fan base. Sucks. <laughs> it's really quite bad. Um, it, we were going to talk in a little bit anyway about, you know, this isn't the only Mets injury of the week either. It's the most visible uh, because uh, somebody made the good point on Twitter that I don't know if we'd be having the same World Baseball Classic discourse if this were Edwin Diaz's brother, Alexis Diaz, the Reds closer. Like Edwin Diaz is a central figure in Major League Baseball on a team expected to compete for a championship. And so the Mets are going to be a louder conversation than the Reds losing a high-quality reliever. And lo and behold, this week back at camp, Jose Quintana, who the Mets signed to be probably their four-starter behind Scherzer, Verlander, and Kodai Senga, the Japanese import, they found a lesion on his rib. It was benign, uh, but you never want to hear the word. I mean, when the options are benign or malignant, sure, you want to hear benign, but you never really want to hear benign on a baseball injury report at all. Uh, right. So he's going to have bone graft surgery. He'll be out until July at the earliest. The Mets rotation is now completely changed, and the Mets bullpen has to be reshaped. Does this change your calculus in the NL East at all? Uh, I think the Edwin Diaz injury did a little bit more than this one. I think, uh, and I think this is the way the Mets are going to go. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Tyler Miguel, I think might step into that rotation here because he actually had some pretty solid starts at the start of last season, <clears throat> uh, at least in April. Uh, he started off the season strong. Then he became a reliever to close out the year. I think his ERA doesn't look good. If you look at like a five, one, three ERA, but I mean, he didn't play a ton last year and that ERA kind of got killed in a May 11th appearance where he allowed eight earned runs in 1.1 innings. So uh, outside of that one start or that one uh, appearance and a bad start early in the year as well, I think Tyler uh, Miguel can kind of fill in that spot in the rotation. I'm a little bit more concerned about what they're going to do in the bullpen because like we keep saying about Edwin Diaz, I mean, yeah, I could plug in a closer there, but you're not going to find another Edwin Diaz. People like him, uh, McGill. People like David Peterson a lot. I think the Mets rotation they're sort of going through what the Yankees went through too, where it was this rock solid five with Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt as depth who people liked. Then all of a sudden that depth is thrust into the rotation to begin the year. So it's not like people are down on the arms. They just sort of wish they'd been pushed back in the pipeline. Uh, when it comes to the sum total of these injuries, the NL East sent three teams to the playoffs last year. And I think the Philadelphia Phillies add Trey Turner this off season the Braves have all this young talent. 
Michael uh, Harris and Spencer Strider and this young nucleus. They lose Dansby Swanson, but they'll start Vaughn Grissom. Like, there's a lot to believe in on all three of these teams still. So it's kind of tough for me to pick one to fall out of the playoff picture. Do you feel like all those three NLE teams make the playoffs again? Or is there one you're targeting and saying, I'm not feeling as strongly this year as I was last year? I'm not feeling as strongly as uh, on the Phillies this year as I was last year. Uh, obviously, I mean, if you look at if you look at the betting odds, obviously I'm a betting guy. It's the Phillies at three to one to win the division, so it's like the Braves and Mets, and then a wide gap in the Phillies. So that'd be kind of the odd team out. Uh, but the reason being because the Phillies last year, even when they went on the run in the playoffs, it was largely due to they got hot at the right time. Uh, they weren't as impressive for the majority of the season than they were at the, at the end of the season. But we see what happens in baseball. This happens all the time. It happens when the Nationals won uh, their World Series. If you get hot at the right time, you can get in the postseason, get some momentum and go on a run. Uh, If they don't get hot at the right time this year, I don't know if they do sneak into the playoffs as a wildcard team. So if there's one team I'm a little bit worried about in the NL East, it would be the Phillies. I would say right now I'd lean on them not making the playoffs. Wouldn't be shocked if they do, though. But obviously the Braves and Mets uh, should be pretty much shoe-ins. Uh, It's all about just which of the two teams is going to win the division. Speaking of uh, another former National League pitcher of some prominence, got to talk about this, but I'm also not allowed to talk about this. So uh, let's let's just humor each other. I I don't know. Uh, We're not allowed to talk about Trevor Bauer on this podcast. Uh, Trevor Bauer's people love to sort of flit around the internet, look for people talking about Trevor Bauer. Uh, I will not be talking about Trevor Bauer on this podcast. to answer everybody's question, everybody chiming in the comments. Yes, Trevor Bauer on New Year's Day 2022, the first thing he tweeted was an angry tweet at me. That was the first thing he tweeted. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> on New Year's Day 2022, he said, how dare you have the audacity to write about me? So I don't have the audacity to speak about Trevor Bauer again. I will not be speaking about Trevor Bauer. What I certainly won't be talking about is how he signed in Japan this week and how he said it was always his dream to pitch in Japan. And his agent said he's always dreamed of winning both the Cy Young and its Japanese equivalent, the Sawamura Award. He has always dreamed of those things. Those are some things I will not be talking about. I have no comment whatsoever. But the the fact remains, Trevor Bauer uh, not going to be pitching on U.S. soil this year. Ian, uh, do you have anything else not to say about Trevor Bauer before we move on? I mean, I didn't grow up dreaming of being uh, pitching in the in Major League Baseball. Once again, I'm Canadian, so we're not exactly a baseball country. I was dreaming about the NHL, but I don't think anyone I know who grew up dreaming of being a professional pitcher dreamed about playing in Japan and winning awards over there. But maybe this person that we're totally not talking about had those dreams. Then again, I will say, though, uh, and I think it's I think it's the Japanese trophy. Are they the ones with a huge sword that they give out for a trophy? Because no. I will admit, if I was a kid and I saw that sword, I might dream about winning that. That's that's an all-time great trophy. So uh, I'm not going to talk about the guy that I'm not going to talk about specifically. I will say the sword that they win in Japan is pretty cool, though. It is very cool. And if the person we were not talking about, if that were the specific ambition, then you know what? I, I could see it, but I also feel like, uh, this person could probably buy a sword on the secondary market. So yes. yeah, there, there are other ways to snag one without uh, signing a contract in Japan, which of course this person that we're not talking about uh, did this past week. Um, I also want to mention this with you. You are a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Yes. Um, I am a New York Yankees fan. I believe in the Blue Jays this year, but I believe in them about as much as I believed in them last year, which is to say that I think in many ways this offseason they they took 
they borrowed from a strength to help create an additional one. Like their offense was so yes. overwhelmingly good that they turned around and rebuilt the defense. Uh, you have Dalton Varsho, the huge trade, Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varsho, your, your, your top prospect, but also the third good catcher you have goes to Arizona for Varsho, who hit 27 home runs last year, very pull happy. The advanced metrics don't love the hard contact he makes. So it's a confusing profile because somebody like him who hits the ball to right field all the time, they move the fence in for him and for everybody else in Toronto entering this year, he's probably going to hit a lot of home runs and play very good defense. That said, swings and misses a lot, not a lot of walks. And if he's not the statistical best outfielder in Major League Baseball again, like he was last year, I don't think he has quite so much value. Kevin Kiermeyer is defense first at this point in time. He also doesn't stay on the field much. George Springer, often injured. He says he feels healthy, but everyone says that entering spring training. And Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Moreno, who could have potentially had an offensive impact on this team, is gone as well. I still think this is a very good roster, and I think they are a playoff team, and I think they're right up there with the Yankees. But every time I sort of try to float that I'm not seeing the rebirth and the like, I feel like this is a 95 win team at peak. And I feel like they still were that last year. Um, so tell me why I'm an idiot because uh, Blue Jays Twitter hates me. They hate me a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll say at least I think the Blue Jays thinking, I think they've made this pretty clear. Varsho is a left-handed back, correct? Yes. They, one of the Blue Jays main, one of their main goals, if not their, the main goal this off season was to get, more left-handed bats because I believe the only left-handed bat they had in their lineup last year, Biggio, was that last year that he was the only left-handed bat? So mm-hmm. they went in this offseason thinking we need left-handed bats. Now I'm curious your thoughts on this because I'm not even too sold. Do you need left-handed bats in your lineup? If you're as good of an offense as the Blue Jays were with mostly right-handed bats, is that even a necessary thing that a team with already as good of an offense as the Blue Jays should go into an offense and think, listen, we need left-handed bats because all those offensive guys are got they got are all lefties, but not going to be as good statistically. But does being a left-handed bat make up for it? I don't think it does. I don't really think it matters if you have the large majority of your bats being right righties in the lineup. What are your you thoughts on, on lefty versus righty? Yeah, you know what's funny about that is it's like the number one Yankee fan talking point too because – um, specifically the Yankees have succeeded with lefty bats, but it's because of that porch. Like if you've got a feature in your stadium where you've just, or you're able, a lefty is able to just poke the ball out to right field and find the seats, you know, 10 feet closer than any other area in the ballpark. You want to build around that specifically. And so when Brian Cashman forgets to sign additional left-handed bats, it's a very easy thing for fans to raise their hand and say, I figured this out. Like, where's where are two more lefties? And then we'll really get rolling. It's sort of tough to tell if it really it, it matters uh, based on circumstance. And it definitely matters if you're the Yankees and your offense is in the doldrums and you're looking for a quick fix. But like you said, the Toronto Blue Jays already mashed the hell out of the ball last year right. for the last several years. I'm not sure if they needed a total redesign. And when I question the Varsho trade, that's really all I'm saying. I think he's going to perform to the back of his baseball card. The defense is going to be immaculate. But I just wonder about the people who are sort of acting like, oh, this like dying team finally got the injection of life they needed with Dalton Varsho and Kevin Kiermeyer in the outfield. And to me, it's like they were already pretty fantastic. And Teoscar Hernandez is a, a real piece they're going to miss. 
Yeah, and generally, once again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm on a, a baseball expert podcast, so I'm, I'm very afraid to say something <laughs> stupid. But left-handed bats are supposed to be better against right-handed pitchers. Am I wrong in saying that? Yes, yes. The Blue Jays were already crushing right-handed pitchers. Second in OPS, third in slugging last year against right-handed pitchers. So it's not like they needed that injection of left-handed bats because they were struggling against righties. They were great against righties. In fact, they're a lot worse against lefties, which doesn't exactly add up. So... Uh, yeah, that does worry me a little bit, to be honest. I don't have any confidence in my Blue Jays going into the season because it's a team I cheer for, and I've never seen a champion. Actually, the Blue Jays' last World Series, I was eight months old, I think. So I have technically been alive during a Blue Jays' World Series, but my teams are cursed. What was the lead they blew, they blew against the Rays last year? Eight to one, nine to one, something like that. Uh, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, I'm sure. Uh, but they, I think they will once again blow it in the playoffs. But it's just... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't fully trust them. They did add some depth to their bullpen. That should help. That was a weakness for them last year. I don't think they can live up to uh, the likes of the Yankees as much as that makes me feel sick to say the Yankees and the Astros, though. I think they're still the kings of the AL. We'll, we'll have you back on midsummer to see if we can revisit that. Uh, I, we shall see for sure. Again, I mean, the Blue Jays, the young offensive talent, is overwhelming. It's just a rededication to something that I'm not sure if they had to remake their own image that way. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Um, one more thing I want to touch on, um, I'm going to lob a surprise DFA candidate at you and use it to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers and San Diego Padres, just because I think it's emblematic of an offseason that does not get enough play for being deeply strange. Uh, the San Diego Padres have this in- unbelievable star powered offseason, right? Their, their middle infield suddenly has Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, even longer term, he opted out and came back. The Padres sort of blow out this offseason the way that the Dodgers have in the past. Meanwhile, 
The Dodgers, uh, you say what you will about Craig Kimbrell, but that was a splash they made last year. They don't make a similar bullpen splash this year. The infield, Gavin Lux's injury is horrific, but their replacement for him is Miguel Rojas at shortstop. They're playing a third base prospect at second base, Miguel Vargas. Chris Taylor goes from utility outfield to backup shortstop. There's all sorts of movement. They don't you look at the Dodgers infield against the Padres infield. And it's very odd to see which team has the overwhelming star power and which team has the converted left fielder playing shortstop. And then who do the Dodgers guarantee a major league contract to this offseason? Reliever Shelby Miller signed to an MLB deal off seven innings last year with the San Francisco Giants. And he strikes out 14. We love that. Sabermetric teams love that. But 6.43 ERA last year for San Francisco in seven innings that barely count this spring. Even worse, he's allowed nine hits and five earned runs in two and two-thirds innings this spring. I would say that's a surprise DFA candidate before the season even begins, and that's someone the Dodgers committed a major league contract to before the season starts. I think that's emblematic of an offseason where the Dodgers took the wrong swings, but it's hard to discount them in the NL West, and I know that you are having trouble ruling them out despite all of this offseason weirdness. Yeah, I still think the Dodgers are the team to get through in the NL West. Uh, I, I don't believe in the Padres as much as a lot of people are. Um, I think they've the Padres have been crowned the offseason champs, kind of. I don't know, and maybe this is a little bit uh, less accurate for baseball, but I'm not a believer of just throwing money at big names and hoping that it's going to win you games. Uh, and that's kind of, in my opinion, what the Padres have done here. I'm also... Lack of depth, I think, would be fair to say in the Padres team, in the bottom part of the lineup, especially in the bullpen as well. Josh Hader, what do you have, like a something around a, like a high five or a low six ERA uh, uh, last season? Uh, they have like two other guys uh, who are good relievers and the rest of their bullpen weak. Uh, so I still think the Dodgers are the winners of that division by a long shot. I, I, I'm not buying it on the Padres whatsoever. I think their projected win total is... 93 and a half 94 and a half this season i think they go under that will they still be a wild card team sure i'm not buying in on the padres though as much as other people are i love that perspective because you have not heard enough of that and yes josh Hader, uh the strikeouts 81 and 50 innings he obviously revamped himself when he came over to san diego but overall on the year 5.22 era and subtracted one war from his teams which is not what you want to do if you're an all-star no, yeah, exactly. And it's not like they, like I said, they, they don't really have a ton of guys in the bullpen to uh, Louis Garcia, I believe is another one. He's, he's one of their good bullpen guys, but it's like they need hater to pick things up because they don't have many other guys in that bullpen to turn to when they really need a guy to get a couple out. So uh, I actually think, and hater might be the most, one of the most pivotal players for the Padres this season, if they want to get the success that a lot of people are expecting from them. And we will wrap on this. I'm going to give you a chance to rag on the Yankees because I tweaked the Blue Jays <laughs> a little bit. Um, in terms of throwing money at problems and signing big names, you're right. It doesn't often work. A lot of big teams uh, win free agency and lose the regular season. Turns out the Yankees might have won free agency and lost uh, their players $9 per flight. They signed Carlos Rodon to a $162 million deal. They signed Aaron Judge to a nine-year, $360 million deal, and they are still charging their players for Wi-Fi on the team plane. That's a $40,000 per year plan, but it's also $9, $7 a flight if you collect from your individual players every time they want to scroll Twitter 
during road trips. Um, T-Mobile and Delta, though, have a relationship. So if you are a Yankee who are you're a T-Mobile customer, oh, okay. you get you get free Wi-Fi. So Aaron Judge <laughs> apparently uh, flies for free. But everybody else, seven bucks for the trip. Uh, feel free to go off, but uh, how embarrassed are you for this uh, supposed professional baseball team? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're a they're a poor excuse for a franchise. They're supposed to be like the like the most popular and most you know biggest franchise in sports, and now they're doing this. Just it just adds on to the pile of things that I can say about the Yankees, like uh, Yankees fans booing Aaron Judge at the end of last year, the guy who had a million home runs and one MVP for them. Just a disgrace. <laughs> of a franchise disgrace of a fan base. I went to one Yankees game. I saw four fights during the game in, in the O-field between Yankees fans themselves fighting over a bobblehead. The stadium is disgusting. <laughs> Yankees fans who listen to this are going to hate me, but Hey, it's the truth. That's why I would adopted the Mets as my NL, NL team. Cause I wanted to go watch baseball games this summer. I wasn't going to go to Yankee stadium unless the blue Jays were there. Just a disgusting franchise from top to bottom. This would be like, as if they were like, what, you know what they should do is charge every player that hits a home run, charge them for the ball if the if the if the fan doesn't throw it back uh, and give it back to the team. Like twelve dollars a ball for every home run uh, that the, uh, that a Yankees player hits. I think that's that that's next up for this franchise. Just a hilariously embarrassing move by them, uh, but it's totally on brand for uh, just a dumpster fire of an organization. I'm excited to see what prospect uh, they trade or what player they trade for right at the trade deadline this year. That doesn't work out well for them. How did Frankie Montas go last year? Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, as far as I know, uh, I think this year I heard a rumor that they're going to force the players to wait in the steak sandwich line before the game mm. and watch, you know, they're going to have to pay for their own low bells. That's 18 bucks a sandwich and it's not very substantial. So you're going to maybe need to buy two and, and rumor has it. I think Frankie Montas is actually going to be carving those steak sandwiches this year. Makes sense. As, as far as I've heard. So unconfirmed, but well, we do have to get to the bottom of that. Um, well, that was warranted. Thank you for uh, tearing them apart. And thank you for joining the podcast, Ian McMillan, uh, bet-sided and, and a betting expert and, and someone who you can very reliably check in on if you want to check in on uh, futures, figure out a way uh, to use your money wisely this year. Um, real quick, uh, this is usually the Baseball Insiders, but it's, it's March Madness right now. Uh, who, who are you backing? If you could give our listeners and, and our viewers one mention of, of a March Madness team that you have your eye on that you still think is a sleeper bet. Where are you going? I think the best value on the board right now is the Yukon Huskies. Uh, I think you can get them around 25 to one to win the whole thing. Maybe just to win their region, very underrated team, a team that statistically has no weaknesses. They can shoot the ball. They can defend, they can rebound, they can force turnovers. So Yukon Huskies, if you're looking for the best value bet on the board, I think around 25 to one right now to win it all. I love UConn, too. Well, this is the Baseball Insiders, but we'll give you the juice in whatever sport you prefer. We're live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern time, twice a week, all off-season and all regular season long. We'll be coming at you for emergency pods. We'll be coming at you with special guests. We will be here whenever you need us. And if you missed the live feed, you want to listen to the audio, we're on every podcast platform. You can imagine Apple, Google, Spotify, your special apps, wherever you collect. And Cole Podcasts will be there, so drop us a subscription on the YouTube channel, on all podcast platforms. Drop us a five-star review if you feel like it. People say anything under five stars is mean. I agree. Just not nice. Even if you think we're a four-star show, don't uh, leave a review at all. Just give us the five or give us absolutely <laughs> nothing. Uh, Ian McMillan, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you stepping in. And uh, you don't get that level of torching my team from Robert Murray. So that's what. That's why you make the big bucks. That's why you're here. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope my DMs aren't too mean uh, from Yankees fans after the show, but I'm I'm sure I'll have a couple in there. It can't possibly be meaner than what Jays fans had to say to me about Dalton Varsho <laughs> last month. So maybe we'll be on the same page. Ian, thanks again, man. Thanks for joining us. And everybody, come check us out again next week. We'll be right back here taking Monday off. And we'll see you again on Thursday with Robert and I coming at you full throttle to catch you up on anything you missed during his vacation. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.